Hey everybody, welcome back. We got the we got the full squad. Carter, he um, you know, he got a one week call up to a podcast divided, but he loves us too much, and he resigned from his position. Um, took a big salary cut. You know, it's not about the money; it's about the love of of the podcast game. And we're glad he came back to us, Carter. It's it's good to have you back this week. You know, Lucas, I'm going to take umbrance with the way you just described a podcast divided, like it's a call up. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It's, oh. it, it's not. I just dunked all um, over myself. Yeah. <laughs> Carter going to a podcast divided is kind of like when uh, superstar MLB players make rehab starts in like AAA. <laughs> so that's what that's what happened with Carter. You know, he just kind of he had to go down to Toledo. You know, get his, you know, get his shit right, you know, work his way back in, work his way back. And now, now he's back in the big leagues. So welcome back, Carter. He was like Jacob deGrom throwing a hundred against like 19 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> welcome back, Carter. Thanks guys. Um, Yeah. To be honest, I mean, you know, I, Don called me his brother and family a little too often. So I got sick <laughs> and I had to leave. I knew it wasn't a very good fit. Man, I haven't really looked at his Twitter lately. I, I kind of need to get back in that game. I'm off, it's exactly I'm some of the con- the content is exactly what you think it is. So uh, I need to look. I need to I need to freshen up on it. Um, no, we haven't had a lot of movement over the last week since SD and I came on to the pod without Carter. Um, we did lose Enoweta to Michigan, but that was expected. If over the last couple of weeks, I mean, if you had even a little sniff of knowledge on Twitter, you, you pretty much knew it was it was going to happen. Um, so that was earlier this afternoon and we do have uh, news on, I forget his name, Samuel. Uh, Samson Okuna. Samson Okuna. I'm sorry. If you listen to this, I'm really sorry. He's going to listen to this and hear me mispronounce his name and commit to Miami. Um, uh, Finn and the boys at two, four, seven tweeted crystal balls today for him that like nine out of 10, eight out of 10 confidence. Looks like we're going to lose him, but, um, you know, don't give up, but got to be realistic. And, Carter, we had another crystal ball, right? Yeah, um, I saw Steve Wiltfong put in a, a crystal ball for uh, Jelani Thurman to go to Ohio State. Um, I know Michigan State was really pursuing uh, Thurman pretty hard, the tight end. Um, like, the kid's a freak of nature. Um, I would not be a lot of fun uh, – to have to go against him for three years before he becomes a first round pick. Yeah. And he's committing Sunday. It looks like him and three other guys are going to commit. It looks, it looks like around the same time. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, to, to, to continue this, this, uh, this happy parade, uh, Chase Besantis, the top 100 tackles kind of expected to go to Texas A&M. <sighs> So I mean, A&M. Okay, they're just throwing the bag. <laughs> yeah, so is Miami. It's tough to battle against that right now. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, to I mean, yeah Miami's. I mean, Miami's offering nine million dollar guaranteed NIL deals, but that you know, it, the one thing that I do think people when they talk about Michigan NIL, when people from Michigan talk about NIL even though they borrow like 80% of their rhetoric from like anti $15 an hour minimum wage people <laughs> um, <laughs> is, is that it's kind of, is that, you know, the teams that are having success right now recruiting in NIL 
are kind of building upon an empire of shit. Um, you know, Miami, especially, you know, Texas A&M, you know, oil money, oil money isn't going to run out because Elon's too busy fucking getting sued by Twitter to, to like actually make Tesla's nationally prevalent enough to threaten natural gas. So, uh, that kind of sucks, but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see, you know, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is, you know, um, and it just kind of proves that, you know, there's, there's more work to do, right? The fact that we're in the running for these guys is still in, in year, in basically year two uh, of Mel Tucker. I, I think as we get, I think as we get further into Tucker's tenure, the more 2020 looks like an aberration. Um, so I think that, um, you know, the fact that we're in the running for these guys so early in Tucker's tenure really speaks to what, to what's building. And we even got a cup and we even got like a few of these guys, right. To commit off basically one season of productive football is yeah. great. And, you know, and we're going to continue to build through the portal and, you know, that the dam's going to break. The dam is going to break. And so, you're not going to get every guy, you know, no matter right. what, like no matter how good you are. So, yeah, we're going to be fine. I'm not worried. This is this is just fun. It's fun to be in the mix for these guys. It um, it also might help. Um, I mean, Michigan State is still, uh, I, as far as I know, um, still – the team that's like the favorite to land uh, Peyton Kirkland, the oh. high level uh, offensive tackle. Uh, and it appears he and miles McVay might be um, a package deal. So if you land two of those uh, top tier linemen, you're building through the trenches, which is um, I think the right way to build a championship football team. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, you know, hopefully they can, what appears to, I mean, not, not so much close out because there's still a lot of spots to be filled for the, for the 2023 class. But um Hopefully, you know, the, the, this is how they kind of, I guess, finish all of it. I know it kind of started with uh, – it started out really hot and then it has started to fizzle out a little bit. Um, right. But, you know, it, it, there's still a lot of time. You know, anything can happen. Recruiting is is so fluid, especially now. So you never know what can happen. Yeah, I mean, you, things can change up until the very last minute and if not after they commit. So, like, as much as it annoys me, Graham Couch, when he calls it like a pledge instead of a commit, He's he's right in, in some points, like with some people. And you know, I'm if we get Kirkland, Kirkland's five star, isn't he? Uh I believe he's a five star. I think he's very high four star. I thought he was a five. I'll look him up. He, he is a four star top two hundred sixty player. Damn, I thought he was a five star. He's got uh Michigan, he's got how many he's got some crystal balls to Michigan State? How many does he have? Michigan State this is the leader, but uh, I mean, now this is podcasting. Now, this is podcasting run, <laughs> great radio. We're just reading <laughs> stuff. Uh, the last three crystal balls that have come in have been thin, four of them, uh, Finn and Corey Robinson. And like I said, like I said, when I said Sharer puts two higher, uh, <laughs> literally 50 minutes after Justin put his. Crystal ball with a five. 
sure puts one in with a seven every time <laughs> every time just like i'll show thin <laughs> you know, if Thin if Thin wants to come on and explain what the confidence level means, I would love for him to come on and and explain because you know you either think he's coming to a place or he isn't. The confidence thing seems right. like uh, kind of seems like those weird advanced metrics baseball nerds pimp out. <laughs> also, I feel like five is like right as on the fence as you can get. <laughs> Right. Like, don't, if you don't think like five, if you're, if your crystal ball is a four or lower, why even Do fucking it. post it? Why even fucking post it? It's like a don't quote me, but it could be this. Yeah. It's fucking, uh, that's fucking comp saying that pickles coming to MSU because he saw, <laughs> he saw his son's Snapchat story. It, oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's literally. Like I'm not making fun of him, but like when he when I see the fives, it's like the Larry David gif. Like, you know, he's like, ah, should I go this way? Should I go that way? Um, if it's a six and above, then then I'm like, yeah, that's worth my time. Um, you're, it's something to monitor. Um, uh, yeah, and I saw McVeigh's rated actually a little higher than Kirkland, but you know, whatever, it's fucking by like point oh two points. Actually, um, yeah, let me. But if they're a package deal, I mean, that's huge. And, you know, like I've said, I don't know if we're going to get a five-star this cycle, but, you know, if we can put up more results, if we can win nine, ten games this year and move forward and, and show improvement in areas, and we might not – our excuse me, our record might not be better, but we might be a better team. Okay, timeout. What? I'm calling timeout. I don't, I don't get that rhetoric. I really don't. Saying that you're going to be a better team but have a worse record makes no fucking sense to me. Because what are you what are you saying? Like what are you saying by that? I don't get it. Well, I I think we I think I maybe I should stop saying that because I still think we're going to win ten games. But like I could see us having some disappointing losses. Like I looked at the schedule again today, and I I mean we're not beating Ohio State. Like that's a no. That's a chalk. That's a chalk L until at least next. But like. We're playing Maryland early in the season, and Maryland early in the season actually gives a shit. Maryland no, they don't. Sucks. No, they Maryland don't. Maryland sucks. Maryland, well, Maryland's only good. At, Maryland is only good against Texas. Maryland <laughs> kicked Texas's ass two years in a row and fools everyone into thinking that Maryland that they start every season hot. They don't. No, well, they just win like one or two games that they shouldn't. I I know we have some dogs at the running back position, but I want to see it. And, you know, and it alarms me how Peyton Thorne performed when Canine wasn't um, like Kenny Walker in the games. Like when, yeah, he, but he also, but it was also his first year as the play caller. Yeah. Um, his old line play was suspect at times, you know, now a full, now another full off season under cap, another full off season with him as the, him as the primary play caller. Uh, he's had, he has his number one, he, his top two, two of his top three weapons are returning from last season. It's got Jay Johnson. The development. I'll say say 10 wins. I I really don't understand people saying we're going to be a better team, but have a worse record. That doesn't make any fucking sense because our defense could literally, and I know like, haha, SD's, SD's fucking picking on the defense again. Uh, the the defense could literally not get worse. 
last season. It literally, statistically, the pass defense could not could not be worse than it was last season. So, yeah. and no, we picked up, and we basically revamped the entire linebacking room. So yeah, I, mean, I, I really, and, you know, we'll have a healthy Chuck Brantley. Uh, we added Amir Speed from Georgia. Uh, Xavier Henderson's going to be that experienced anchor in the defensive backfield. I, I really, truly don't understand that rhetoric. And I think it's kind of lazy. I, who, I, someone said it about some team, like 15, I bet Cowherd said it about the fucking Patriots 10 years ago or whatever. And now everyone just uses it because they think it's like a smart football guy thing to say. It's not. If your team is better, your record is going to reflect that. You know, this team beat, this team beat the best Michigan, last year's team beat the best Michigan team in 25 years. Yeah, K-9 was a big part of that, but two of K-9's touchdowns came after, after huge passes by Peyton Thorne. So I really don't, the rhetoric is kind of like, it's tired. I really think the rhetoric is tired. Well, should I reword it as I think we're going to be pretty good this year, but I have a little bit of concern. In some that's areas. fine. I have okay. concerns too. I that's think that's the, really I think what O-line, I meant. I'm not I going the to the eight, line four, seven, and five. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I think the O line is incredibly shallow, yeah. and I think a catastrophic injury could could be a little trouble. But yeah. God, imagine if Horster Duplain goes down. Ugh. Yeah, that's gonna it. It could get ugly. Um. But, you know, we don't have fucking Jim Bowman there anymore telling guys to rub dirt on torn ACLs. So I think it's fu- I think it's going to end up being OK. Yeah, you never I, know if, if a guy goes down, there might be a true freshman or a red shirt that surprises us and steps up out of nowhere. Right. If we if we're going to tout if we're going to tout these coaches, if we're going to tout Cap, if we're going to tout BT Jordan, if we're going to tout Jay Johnson. We have to be able to trust them to get the job done without Kenneth Walker. Yeah. He's an electric player, but I think people are quick to, to kind of boost Kenneth Walker by demoting everyone else on the field. Okay. And the truth is, the truth is Kenneth Walker was able to make so many explosive plays because Peyton Thorne was, was a legitimate passing threat. Jane Reed was a legitimate receiving threat, you know? And, you know, hopefully Malik Carr can fill it. Malik Carr or Harold Joyner can fill into that, that Connor Hayward H back role. And, you know, Trey Mosley is, I think probably the best route runner in the room. Honestly, Jane Reed are pretty equal in route running. He, He was an unsung hero in some, in some moments last year. Mosley's right. probably a better route runner, honestly, than Jaden Reed. Right. Keon Coleman has been basically doing athletic shit nonstop since he stepped on campus. So <laughs> he should theoretically be in the best shape of his fucking life uh, after going from the Mel Tucker uh, program to the Tom Mizzo program back to the Mel Tucker program. Uh, <laughs> and so no, we have Harold Joyner out there doing backflips. Yeah, there's a reason Marcus Bingham couldn't keep weight on, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> he was at Fieldhouse every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, it was throwing black he was throwing back blue motorcycles like it was water. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm. I just want to see some some areas that I think can be improved from last year. But I mean, I, I trust Peyton. It's not like I don't. But you know, I hope a second year of development could be like you know Brian Hoyer's second year as starter. It, he got better. They won two more games, and you know Kirk Cousins' second year as the starter. They won the Big Ten. You know, unless you count it as like a lap 2011 was his second year. And then Connor Cook, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, kind of shut me up on that one. You just don't, you just, I know you weren't trying to rag on me, but I was just trying. Peyton a little Thorne, bit. also, yeah. people, people forget Peyton Thorne is a coach's kid. Yeah. Coach's kids are one of two people <laughs> workaholic psychopaths. Or lazy entitled douchebags, and I don't think he's the. And I don't think he's the latter. If you think he is, I think. Do I think Peyton Thorne is a workaholic psychopath? No. You you don't right. I do. I do think Peyton Thorne is a workaholic psychopath. Football wise, yeah, absolutely. Well, the the one the last one we had was an entitled douchebag, and he did do pretty well. Uh, or the one the one. Our most the successful. legend, the legend that is Connor Cook. Yeah, our most successful quarterback in school history, and I and I hope I didn't mean Brian Lewerke. I I think Brian Lewerke was a freak workaholic, friend um, of the pod, friend of the pod. Yep, I want him back on. Um, so yeah, I mean, but uh, I hope I hope we get some five stars and you know we land we land these guys. Kirkland and McVeigh would be just just the cherries on top right now and might not get a five-star this cycle, but I think uh, if we can produce results on the field, like like 10 wins, 11 wins, then yeah, there's going to be the five stars coming more and more. Like we'll get, we'll get a couple next year. Um, Miles McVeigh is six foot six, 358 pounds. (laughs) That's a, that's a, that, that is a large gentleman. That is a big boy. Did you see like that 14 year old who's like, I mean, it's that motherfucker. That guy's not fourteen. Fuck off. They said he's fourteen. He I don't give a fuck. I could say I'm fourteen. That doesn't make it fucking true. <laughs> like uh, like bench warmers. Yeah, it's 12. like bench warmer. I am. Yeah, fucking bullshit. <laughs> I am yeah, that motherfucker. That guy was getting. That motherfucker was getting prenatal HGH. <laughs> <laughs> that guy came out. That guy came out and fucking punched the doctor. Like uh. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't get shot out. His mom didn't give birth to him. He just fucking army crawled out of her uterus. He just fucking. Oh, it's like uh, the whole like the Simpsons when he had, Homer has that that thing of him being born unusually large, ugly baby born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not saying that kid's ugly, but or like the the Family Guy where it's a picture of Lois having Chris, and Chris was like full <laughs> grown. <laughs> She's like knocked out. Um, so. Carter wasn't on last week and we had, I have this bad habit of not uploading the pod as soon as we're done. And uh, news broke like the next day before I uploaded that USC and UCLA joined the big 10. We were talking about in our little chat, but Carter, you know, we'll throw you back in the discussion with us. What are your thoughts on everything? I honestly thought it's really exciting. Um, It's obviously it's obviously very strange uh, to consider USC and UCLA Big Ten teams. 
Uh, I don't know if I'll ever really be able to. Um, they're always going to be those West Coast, you know, Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever you want to call them uh, type of teams. But having those guys in the Big Ten is going to be something for sure. Um, USC to me more, is more so of like, I think going to get back to that that stature of like college football's elite. Because um, I mean, having Lincoln Riley and the incredible um, recruiting class that he's bringing in, uh, games with us, games with Michigan, games with Ohio State against USC are going to be a lot of fun. Having UCLA yeah. in for basketball is going to be great. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see how they do that scheduling. You know, will, will teams go all the way out to um, teams go all the way out to California, um, or will right. maybe they just maybe will everybody maybe play those teams maybe just once once a year or so? I mean, it's gonna. I mean, that's gonna be tough for them to figure out. I think. Um, also, I mean, and then you know, from from like the, the the competitive side, you know, those are my thoughts. From the business side. Um, Kevin Warren kind of dropped his nuts on the table with that one. He said, you know what? The big 10 is getting, we're getting TV deals. We're getting so much money. We're going to, we're going to get some of that California money. Um, so I think it's, I think that was a big time move from him. Uh, what SD and, said. And then with the PAC 12, I mean, it's dead. It's going to die. I mean, all, all the other teams are going to go elsewhere. Our Oregon, Wisconsin, or, or not Wisconsin, Washington, are trying to get out. I bet Stanford tries to get out too. Uh, what what else? Arizona and Arizona get state get Every, like everyone. coached by like the Big Twelve or something like that. Um, I don't know. I mean the I mean, I mean it's it's it feels like to me like my my one of my hottest takes I guess is just to do away with conferences in football and just have all the best teams play each other every year. Um, I think that would I think that would honestly make for like a better college football playoff and probably expanding the playoff. I mean, this is this is just the beginning of like a complete shift away from what we knew as college football, you know, in in previous years like that's dead. So it's it's a new age. I think a bunch of these teams are either going to break off and go to other conferences that are like in the smaller conferences. Like how like how do how does the Pac-12 survive? It doesn't. How does some of these other, like, how do some of these other uh, conferences survive? They probably don't. Eventually it becomes like the big 10 is going to eventually probably look like 20 teams. And at that point, <laughs> it's not the big 10. Well, uh, we're trending towards the NCAA going bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to tell them to fuck off. Hopefully, hopefully they realign the divisions now with USC and UCLA. I assume that would be considered, right? Cause I mean, yeah. you can't have, I don't know if you could have both of them in the Big Ten West. I mean, they just have to do something to change it. I don't know what we they would, would do. We would probably pull Northwestern and like Illinois from the West, right, and put them in the East. <laughs> Everything East they of do like, ten and ten. Well, Purdue um, Purdue is in the West, so yeah, we would, we pull would them, probably yeah. pull Purdue and Northwestern to the East. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. You know. Andy Staples was on, was on part of my take Monday and uh, you know, they, they asked, you know, big cat asked him uh, big cat was obviously a little more engaged uh, <laughs> during the Andy Staples interview, but he, you know, he asked like, you know, what's going to happen with Notre Dame and Andy Staples was like, I don't think anybody realizes how many important people are on vacation right now. <laughs> so um, good point. 
you know, everything's kind of going to shit. And there's just a lot of university presidents and chancellors and board of trustee members that are just like in Cabo. <laughs> it's like it's like when uh, Les Miles was trying to call Bill Martin to accept the Michigan job in 07. And <laughs> Bill Martin left his phone like at his vacation house and he was on his yacht for a couple hours. And then in that time frame, Les Miles was like, haven't heard from him. Screw it. I'm staying at LSU. I mean, that'd be hilarious if like we're waiting on um, like I know Jack Swarbrick at Nording doesn't make the decision, but like waiting on him or someone. And then they're just like, they're like at the beach for the day. And we go, Oh, you know what? We're just going to poach Oregon and Washington. We're, we're done waiting for you. You know, I heard Notre Dame though. I heard a decision (laughs) on Notre Dame's conference future is going to be made uh, when white smoke billows from the billows from the smokestacks at the Vatican. Yeah. They, they put some smoke on they, – they build a fire on top of Touchdown Jesus, like a fire pit. They send a, uh, they send a graduate video assistant up in a scissor. Lift. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Brian Kelly killed a kid. Never forget. Brian Ke- yep, never forget. Brian Kelly killed a kid, and now he's popping that pussy for recruits on the – Oh, my God. Um, I, I think from what I've heard, we're waiting on Notre Dame, like – so yeah. I think once Notre Dame makes their decision, then we move forward with adding them. Say they say yes, which I think they will. Say they say yes, and then I think we're going to look at three te- three more teams. I think we're go- 20 is the goal. So we're going to get – probably going to poach two more Pac-12 teams, maybe three. I mean, I don't think – think, I think Stanford would come with Oregon and Washington to us. I really, I really feel Stanford would join the Big Ten. I, I think – there's a um, – because Andy brought this up too on part of my take. Uh, the ACC schools are kind of locked together in this unbelievably fucking god-awful dog shit TV contract until 2036, and, and Notre Dame's kind of caught in the crossfire of that. Um, oh, yeah. So, I, you know, from what he's heard, there's a lot of lawyers being paid a lot of money by a lot of schools in the ACC uh, to figure out how to break this thing. Uh, and, and once it's broken, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if we grabbed North Carolina. Um, because I'd want Duke know, too. North, I really would. I, I don't think, I don't think Duke's a priority. I think North Carolina would go. I think North Carolina would go without Duke. Hmm. Uh, honestly. Um, I think they would go without without NC State too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, because, I think a lot of people would. Yeah, so uh, I would not be surprised if Notre if Notre Dame breaks the levy and finds out a way to get out of this grant of rights contra- this god awful contract that the ACC signed with ESPN. I think I I kind of think all bets are off at that point. Um, you know, I I bet there's an out somewhere. Uh, you know, knowing ESPN and, and what their and what their long game is. Um, I bet there's an out that just hasn't been found yet. It's like national, it's like on the back of the declaration of independence. <laughs> They're gonna send fucking uh, Clemson is gonna send Dabo <laughs> to get out of this contract. I gotta so steal the ACC contract. Yeah. Uh 
Coach Sweeney's got that drip. That drip. <laughs> that drip. They're going to figure it out. I mean, it's just going to be a buyout agreement or something because yeah. Notre Dame can make that money back in like a year with the Big Ten. Year, year-ish. But um, I think it's inevitable. I said this last week. I think it's inevitable Notre Dame's coming. I think it's just the logistics that we're going to have to keep an eye out for. I bet we'll make – I'll bet we'll let them keep their NBC deal. Um, well, I, I think that's going to be one of the stipulations. They're, they they're going to make – they make like a quarter from the NBC deal that they would make in the bit that they would make from from being in the Big Ten. I mean, I, I do. I, I the two most important things to Notre Dame for staying independent was being able to play across the country, and and being able to preserve these these rivalries that they've had with other schools. And in the Big Ten, they're potentially going to be able to do both. Um. You know, so I, I really don't, I really don't see the, uh, I really, there's really nothing that, that would, that would, that I think would, would stop uh, Notre Dame from joining the Big Ten if they didn't have the, if they weren't locked into this weird contract with the ACC. Well, they have, they have four more years with the NBC deal. 15 million a year. So I'm sure they would agree to some sort of buyout. Right. Um, or NBC or NBC is in talks for the big 10. So I'm sure they were right. Roll, yeah. May, they maybe they'll be like, Hey, can we talk to the big 10 about keeping you, you know, can we keep your yeah, home? Game or they'll, company? or NBC will get a, we'll get a big 10. NBC will get the prime time. We'll get the prime yeah. time package that, that like, you know, maybe that, may, you know, they'll get, they'll like, get, Big noon, you know. Like, yeah, or, or like maybe the weeks that Notre Dame is away, they get a night, a Big Ten premier night game. Right. Yeah. So be, that's what I would imagine. It. That's what yeah. I would imagine Ooh. would happen there. Um, it's just a matter. It's just a matter of someone breaking, of someone finding a way the, to break this this contract. The because, the ACC ESPN deal is for another fourteen years. Yeah, twenty thirty six. Holy, that shit. is fucking. That's fucking <laughs> brutal. What a shitty, short-sighted contract. I thought it was going to be a hit. Turns out it fucking sucks. That is a, yeah, I mean, that is a dog, a dog shit contract. You're dog shit. You're nothing but dog shit. Um, yeah, I think they're going to come. It's just going to be a logistics thing. Um, whatever. But Marcus Freeman looking at the Big Ten like, I'm going to come. Uh, Carter, who do you think we're going to poach? Like, if, if it's 20 teams, who are your four that you think we're going to get, and who do you think we're going to, like, settle for? You know, because there's definitely teams that might say no to us. I think eventually they'll accept Oregon and Washington, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I know they're telling them to stand back and stand by right now, but, like, <laughs> but like eventually they'll just be like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Notre Dame is definitely one I think they're going to they're gonna, uh, try hard for. I could definitely see the Big Ten getting into like a bidding war with the ACC or something like that uh, to try to get Notre Dame. North Carolina, yeah, North Carolina could be one. Um, I would have said – I would have thought like Cincinnati if they didn't already bolt for like the Big 12, I think is what they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, yeah. They feel like a Big Ten fit. Yeah. I mean, like before all this started happening, I I always was a fan of saying like kick out Rutgers and Maryland and add uh, 
Cincinnati and Notre Dame. I just think that makes the well, I think yeah. one thing I think people forget about realignment is that it's still about TV networks, right? Yeah, we took Rutgers in Maryland because it's the New York TV market and the DC TV market. All their cable providers now have to carry the Big Ten network and put mm-hmm. it into their cable bundles for subscribers, right? So you got to look at what markets don't we have yet. And the Pacific Northwest is obviously one. And that's why I think, and obviously like Notre Dame is going to have a standing invite um, no matter what, like it's kind of in Kevin Warren's office, there's a sticky note, like in draft day, Notre Dame, no matter what. (laughs) I've never seen draft day. Oh, I know that scene. I haven't seen the movie either, but I know that scene. That would have made a lot more. That would I watched made. a YouTube video of I watched a YouTube video of Tom Telesco, the uh, Chargers general manager, watching draft day, and he was just absolutely baffled. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh yeah, he was what? Yeah, I watched him. I watched that too. I love uh, that the NFL was like, no team can look bad in this, and I'm like, some of your teams look fucking horrible all the time. Like th- that should be like, pick the team that looks the shittiest at that moment and write them as that team. That's what they should do. But whatever. Sorry. Pancake eating motherfucker. Uh, Great line. Unironically fantastic dialogue. Just just great delivery by Kevin Costner. That's why why he's one of the that's why that's why the Cosman is one of the best. (laughs) Uh, No. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Notre Dame's going to have a standing invite, you know, because they're a national brand. So. You know, cable packages in fucking South Dakota will pick up the Big Ten network just because Notre Dame is just because Notre Dame's in the Big Ten. Um, that's why that's why if Notre Dame can break this grand rights contract that uh, North Carolina is a big candidate for Big Ten expansion, just because that's a market the Big Ten's not in. Um, same with Virginia. Uh, so or Virginia Tech, Virginia or Virginia, probably Virginia, honestly. If they're trying to poach somebody, I feel like there's one that wouldn't cost too much money if they end up if it ends up going that way and is actually real good at football. That's Wake Forest. If you want to stick on that like coastal hmm. idea. Yeah, I mean not horrible basketball. Like not horrible. they're not great, but yeah. 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 Um hmm. there's a I great guess North story. Carolina is kind of that good like blend of both of those things. So I mean, yeah. I was thinking, I'm thinking strictly football. Right. But there's a great story in the Athletic, by the way, about uh, about the WikiLeaks scandal. It's fucking it's fucking mind blowing. That shit, it's unbelievable. Like the whole conference was basically like stealing plays from Wake Forest <laughs> for like for like two years. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, why do you need to steal plays from Wake Forest? It's kind like- of. It- it feels like you're taking candy from babies. Like if, if I would understand if it were like the Clemson playbook leaked, yeah, I would I would have no problem taking that shit. But like <laughs> what that would be like if we stole Rutgers playbook or Maryland or something. Like what what competitive advantage does it give you? You'd probably just kick their ass a little bit more than than you normally would. Right. Um so do we have we we had a basketball thing. Oh yeah. Um, the only basketball news really is that we locked in Gonzaga to play on an aircraft carrier in San Diego on veterans day, November 11th. Um, last time we played, I think it was 2011, right? 
yeah. on on the aircraft in in San Diego. Um, pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'll watch it. Yeah. The, Tom Izzo uh, scheduling uh, filling out his non conference slate is oh. that meme? Is that Wojak meme of this of that guy going? Give me tougher battles. Yep. yep. And then it's Jesus going. What the fuck? <laughs> Um, I'm trying to find the schedule real quick. I mean, it's just holy crap. I mean, okay, so yeah, fuck off, Adam Block. We have Kansas to open at Champions Club. No, wait, why is it doing? It's Kentucky this year. Uh, Okay, hold on. This is great radio. Basketball 2022 schedule. Oh my lord, it's not working out for me. I'm I'm not interneting very well. Well, here's the November slate because uh, Rothstein tweeted it out today. Uh, Gonzaga, Kentucky for the Champions Classic, Villanova for the Gavit Games, the PK-85, which the field consists of North Carolina, Portland, UConn, Villanova, Alabama, Oregon, Iowa State. And then we go to Notre Dame to play for the ACC Big Ten. I might go to that game. That might be cool. Wow. I mean, uh, murderer's row right there. I know Izzo. And then, and then you got to play in the Big Ten. Yeah, and then you got to play in the Big Ten, which will maybe be a little bit down this year, but still, it's a big time. Not great, but yeah, that November is going to be a tune-up season for sure. It's it's the ultimate preseason. There's going to be a, there's going to be a good deal of L's, and people are going to call doomsday, and it's. And but we'll, I think I think we're going to have a surprising win in there. I really do. Oh, I think so too. I, I think, think Villanova is one that yeah. we could do because the home – I think it's going to be sold out and it's Villanova. And it's going to be a home crowd, and I think it's going to be cool to see them in that environment. Um, anyway, now it's movie wire time. Uh, folks, we were going to have Blueprint Trev on, um, but he's sick. Uh, he ran from out. the grind. He ran from the grind. <laughs> He, he couldn't make it to Thor. He wasn't, he was feeling horrible. He got a cold. Um, he's, he's, he's doing all right though, but the plan is to have him on later this, this, this summer or fall, like early fall. Um, maybe bring him on for a season preview to discuss both of our teams as peaceful as peacefully as we can with him. And uh, maybe the third time's the charm with a Marvel movie. So I'm hoping black Panther two can, can get us there. But, um, we all saw Thor, and I have some thoughts on it. I, um, I'll let you guys go first. Like Carter, why don't you start? Since you, I think you saw it the most recent out of all of us. Yeah, I saw it Monday night. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just actually I was just sitting here in my apartment, and I was kind of like, maybe I'll just go right now. I mean, I'm not doing anything else. It was like it was like seven thirty. I was like, oh, it was an eight o'clock showing. Okay, I'll why go. Not? Movies by yourself are great. Yeah, and there was like nobody in the theater, yeah. so I was just by myself. It was it was really nice. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, I've seen the reviews, I've seen the things on Twitter and whatnot, and it's a lot. People are dumping on it pretty bad, and to that, I'd say I don't really know why. It feels like a very, it feels very, you know, standard new Marvel movie. It feels very Taika Waititi, uh, the direction he's trying to take Thor. Um, some people are, you know, some people are saying, oh, I like Shakespearean Thor a little bit better. And I'm like, why? Those movies were so boring. Um, I know people talked about like the cheesiness level, maybe like the overdoing of jokes, but I honestly thought it was like pretty typical. Uh, I, and, and I feel like the, like there were, 
I didn't really feel like there were a ton of moments where the comedy didn't hit. Like I know, like it, it was chock full of comedy for sure, but I, I didn't really feel like it, any of it was really out of place. Um, even, even Thor, I mean, like when he was like wrapped up in like all the, all like the black stuff, like the branches or whatever that, that Gore had him in. And he was like, I'll call the ax when you call the dentist. Like that, that made me laugh. Like it was in like the, the, the most pivotal moment of the movie where he's, he's, he's trapped and there's nothing he can really do. Like Jane and uh, Jane and Valkyrie are, are trapped as well. And his dude's like still cracking jokes and people will say like, Oh, well, when did the, when did Thor become this? And I have a theory it's because, you know, him hanging around Tony Stark so often kind of made him like that. Um, he's kind of like, he kind of cracks jokes. He always has that, that, that confidence that he's going to make, he's going to get out of it or, or whatnot. Um, I think one of my biggest issues with this movie was some of the pacing. Like, I think that there were, there were moments where it was like, okay, this is this way. No, you just gotta kind of got to go with it. Like the Jane storyline from the beginning felt very quick. Like I know we're bringing her back and there's a sense of familiarity with Jane, but like it, it all happened very fast. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's like, Oh, all of a sudden now she's mighty Thor. And, and, and that those scenes I feel like could have been developed a little bit better. Um, the gore, you know, there wasn't, there was definitely not enough gore, the God butcher in it. Uh, because I thought he was, I thought Christian Bale was incredible. Honestly, I think one of the best villain performances uh, in a long time in a Marvel movie, really. Marvel movie, Marvel show, whatever it is. I think he's very much up there just because Christian Bale is phenomenal. I think he stepped right into this role and and and, and played it very, very effortlessly. So, I mean, overall for me, it felt like a regular, you know, Thor movie, or at least the direction that Taika Waititi is, is going with Thor. Um and I, and I was fine with it. I really, I, in, in fact, I really, really liked it going into it. I thought I would be like, okay, they're going to bombard me with like cheesy jokes and, and all this stuff. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to come away with it disappointed, but really I came away actually very pleased. SD. Yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't hate it. I, I had a, um, I had, I had a, fu- you know, I had fun. Um, you know, I, I we're gonna talk bigger picture MCU later, so I'll save I'll save what I think of the movie for that, but right. I don't know. It was, you know, I, I do agree. I think it was rushed. Um there it, it's coming out now that there was a mandate from Marvel Studios to make this movie under two hours. Uh I'm not exactly sure why. I think two fifteen probably could have it still would have been a shorter MCU movie and would have and you probably could have accomplished more of what you were going for. Um, you know, I I do agree with everything you said. I do think I really loved Christian Bale as Gore. He really he really you know brought him. He really brought it all. Um, Chris Hemsworth is just a great job. Has just done a great job as Thor. Amazing um, job. Yeah. Um, you know, even in the Shakespearean Thor movies, I thought he was very good. Um, and you know, from here on out, we'll, you know, we'll see, but yeah, I mean, I don't really, you know, it was, it was inoffensive, right? It wasn't, that's kind of how I felt about all Marvel movies, honestly, besides no way home, 
which like you know i don't think holds up as well upon rewatch um i rewatched it recently and you know it just kind of it doesn't hit the same um after you kind of after you kind of know what's coming and you know the beats and stuff um and what, what movie i'm sorry i zone out. no way home okay okay yeah and that's something you really can't say about homecoming or, or far from home so um that you know that's something you know i just yeah um my can you know my main thing is it's about a it's about the mcu and like the bigger picture yeah um um so oh i didn't mean to cut you off i'm sorry no go ahead no um i you know i'm a huge christian bale fan um he's the best actor on the planet um and he brought it all it, it felt like when i walked out because i saw it sunday again um because i go on imax because cassie hates it so uh, that's my uh my my lo- my loan viewing um but i really liked it it you know people were bitching about it being short and i i agree with that like i was we watched ragnarok saturday and ragnarok is like 10 minutes longer than this it's not a long movie and that's including credits like Ragnarok's probably maybe six, seven minutes longer than, than love and thunder. And I, I felt like we could have, I could have had another 15, 20 minutes of Gore, the God butcher, like slaying gods, like being a God butcher, because you see it like when the guardians are getting those messages and I'm like, that's what I want to see. Like they should have clicked on it. And you should have seen Christian Bale, like slaying that big ass, like dragon God, that would have been sick. To that point, there was something that was so funny when Zeus was like, uh, okay, so what? He's killing a couple lower level gods. He's not really a threat to us. That man just said he he plays a cupcake schedule. (laughs) Gore's strength of schedule is pretty bad in our our god ratings. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the the first god butcher rankings come out and Gore's way lower (laughs) than projected. Um, I... I thought we could have, I would have liked to have seen more backstory on him. Um, the opening scene was great though. Like it, it, it sets up the motive and it's, it's easy when you have a dying child because it's just the worst imaginable thing for any parent is to bury their child. And like, that was heartbreaking. And, you know, it, it just, I liked how they put, they painted the gods as just fucking douchebags, like assholes, piece of shit. And that's probably what they would be. Um, but I think the biggest problem with the movie, and I don't think it's his fault, I think people are feeling fatigue with Taika Waititi because he is in a lot of stuff. Like he's in Lightyear, he's Korg in this, he's the director, and his humor I think is pretty universal. But like, you know, there's some like if you don't watch, I still need to watch um, what we do in the shadows because I know I like it. Have, don't you watch it, SD? Yeah, I mean, no, I think you're right, Lucas. I I do think this is a case of of people turning of people turning on Taika Waititi, just kind of like they turned on Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of after Hamilton, right? It's just kind of like it, that's just what the internet does, you know. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, they do, to, they do it to everybody but Beyonce and, and K-pop bands. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, which I don't know if people are scared. Um, you don't want to piss the beehive off. I've I, I'm married to one member of the beehive. You don't want to piss. Yeah, them. I mean, <laughs> right? Like you're not allowed to say that that Beyonce's latest single was lackluster. Um, 
for it. Yeah. No, it's for that. It's a great single. It is phenomenal. And her album comes out the day before my birthday, so that's gonna it's, put a damper on it. Yeah. Um, hold on. Um, I was just shot in the back of the head and replaced by a CIA plant. Uh, <laughs> Beyonce's newest single is genre shifting. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, people just turn people turn on. You know, the internet turns on people when they think they've had too much success, or yeah. and part you know, of it's the diversity in this movie too. People don't like it. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of getting it from he's kind of getting it from the right. He's kind of getting it. You know, I think you know. I also don't think he's helped himself by you know making fun of the VFX in this movie. After all, after we know how Marvel and Disney treat VFX artists, Oof. Um, you know, as well as kind of the uh, as well as you know calling it the gayest Marvel movie ever. Yeah, not like having like two scenes of like i think it's funny that he said that but like people just got so triggered by it right because then you get the people who are like it's disney going going woke and going broke and then you have people who are like who are like overly aware of their um we're like overly aware of representation and need like and need like everything gender swapped and right and whatever that are like it didn't go far enough so you're just kind of you're you're kind of losing a battle there, right? Right. People can't would rather, everybody. right? People would rather have Thor be gay than have like <laughs> a character, rather than having have a new character who's like who is gay, like who identif- who has always identified as gay, right? Um, I just think that says something about capitalism and our cult in our culture, but that's not a discussion for this podcast. So whatever. <laughs> Like I understand um, the Taika fatigue, but like I thought he, I thought Korg was awesome in this movie. He was hilarious, like be, like a better an elev an elevation from Ragnarok, and he was a great sidekick. Like he, like I don't think he's I don't think he stole any scenes or anything, but like he was re- just really consistently funny. Like his I, like I just love when they get the goats and he's like, yes, they're very nice and they scream quite a lot. Like just that dumb observational humor is the best part of Korg to me. Yeah, and, and you know, like this, that's the thing. I just, I, I kind of disagree with you, Carter, in one aspect. I do think it was too jokey. Um, too what? You know, I, too jokey. Okay. Like, I do think there were too many jokes, right? In, mm. And, you know, when like children are being kidnapped, like, I don't know, I would kind of like a little more seriousness. And I just felt, you know, it was nice having Jane back, and I thought her, I think her kind of being Thor at first was nice, but then they kind of turn her into like this weird fish out of water thing where she's trying to come up with a catchphrase. And like, it's weird because like Thor doesn't have a catchphrase. So, like, why does Jane feel the need to have a catchphrase? No one in the MCU really has a catchphrase. No, so maybe it, Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Like that was it. It just comes off. It just comes off as super as super sticky. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I, whatever. But I, I do think Russell Crowe is pretty funny as Zeus. I like when he walks down the stairs and he dangled. He like held his skirt up like he was gonna get it dirty. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. And uh, that's where I thought we could have seen Chris. We could have seen Gore the God Butcher come in. That would have been fucking sick if like. All of a sudden, Zeus is just talking shit about 
Thor and all that, then all of a sudden the Necrosaur just impales him. Like that would have been amazing. Um, and I agree. I can agree. There are a lot of jokes this movie, but I mean, it is a Taika movie and, you know, like Jojo Rabbit, which is right. But Taika like, can, Taika can tell a serious narrative and that's how I right? Taika knows when to stop joking. It seemed like he didn't at times in this movie. Right. It seemed like exactly. he did a line of Coke and then would write a page. Cause I've seen videos of him coked out at like fan conventions and stuff. And I'm like, hmm. this, this guy, <laughs> I, I understand Thor and, and his movies a lot more now. But, I, mean, uh, I still, I, mean, I think, I think Jojo Rabbit's his best movie, but um, I, and yeah, I, I wish we saw more Christian Bale and it was cool to see the Guardians of the Galaxy, but you know, I thought it'd be just a little bit longer. Like I thought there would be, a little bit more. It seems like they just all came in to, to say one line and then Chris Pratt said a couple of lines and then like they left. But it, it was funny, you know, the whole look at the people who you love and like, you know, Chris is or Thor's just like nodding and said, that was great. I I, I love that because it feels like James Gunn and Taika Waititi can be pretty close to each other, you know, humor wise and like aesthetically. I was so confused about like the guardians. Like, did they get sick of Thor being there? Or did they like love they Thor? Because yeah, like they did. <laughs> it kind of looked because like when 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 Thor was about to go like fight the like little hairy guys or whatever at the beginning, it looked like looked like Star Lord was like all excited that he was doing his catchphrase and everything. So I was kind of confused about like where <laughs> where they stood on having him with them. I guess I guess they did get sick of him. I think the goats were the final straw. I, I think it was also how he kept thinking it was his ship and it yeah. was clearly Star Lord's ship. <laughs> and they're just I'm like, oh, we should you. split up. There's totally more people who need help, and they probably didn't help him. Um yeah, I, I I think it's a good movie. I think Ragnarok's better. I do. Yeah. Um, I, I just think I just think this one kind of this one kind of this one suffered from and and we can shift into the into the bigger MCU thing now. I think this suffered from the things that all of the post-Endgame MCU movies have suffered from. And, and that's like, they feel rudderless. Yeah, they no feel, direction. Yeah, they feel like a man without a country a little bit, right? It kind of feels like, um, are you ready for my most disgusting analogy ever? Oh boy. Yo, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're having sex <laughs> and after you orgasm, you're still hard for like five minutes. So you do those few extra pumps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, what's sex? Yeah, fellas. Uh, no, I'm married. So I, you know, I, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what it feels like. It just kind of feels like there was this big, there was this big finale and then it just kind of like kept going. I, I have an analogy and I, I, you stole something. I was going to say that exact thing, except obviously not the sex analogy, but um, yeah, like it reminds me of an old roller coaster at Cedar point called mean streak. And like you got on and the lap bar didn't close all the way. And like the seatbelt was super loose and you just basically held on until the ride was over. And it feels like these MCU movies leading up to what we secret wars is probably going to be announced in the next comic-con or at d23 in a couple months um it seems like marvel's is trying to hold on 
until they get to their next big event spectacle movie uh, sequel or movie duo or trilogy. And it didn't seem like that. I mean, obviously the plan was laid out so well for phases one, two, and three. And, you know, Endgame was a masterful conclusion, probably, I mean, one of the greatest conclusions in a film universe's history. And like, it, it seems like they're just trying to hold on for one of two things. And I've thought about this all day. And since I watched Thor, I think after Secret Wars is done, they're rebooting the entire MCU. I think they will wipe the slate clean and maybe keep the new X-Men. But I'm kind of wondering if Marvel is just trying to hold on and maybe start the X-Men in like three years. Yeah, I'm wondering might happen. Yeah, I I think, you know, Kevin Feige obviously um, has has a pretty tight connection to the X-Men. Uh, it's the first movie he worked on, um, you know, as a in kind of a producer's capacity. Um, he was a production assistant on the first X-Men movie. Um, you he know, always wanted the rights to X-Men the second he took over for Marvel. Right. So, you know, I don't think he's going to fuck. I don't you know, he's going to take X-Men very seriously. And, you know, I I don't know. There just hasn't felt like. The only movie that I felt in, in phase four that has had a sense of purpose, right? That really knew what it wanted to do and, and kind of went for it and stuck to its guns was, was Dr. Strange was multiverse of madness. Um, that had a bigger know, picture aspect. Right. Right. And, and I think everything else just kind of like, I don't know. Everything else just kind of feels so like, it kind of it 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 feels like it kind of feels like when you work retail, you know, huh. and towards the end of your shift, you know, you're just kind of get some you kind of get some people and you're like, whatever, like you're just <laughs> like you're going through the motions. That's what all these movies have felt like, you know. It's at the end of your shift, on, man. I think it's, it's a fr- it's a Friday night, you know. You just got to get to closing time. And that's what I feel like the MCU is kind of going through right now. Um, You know, I thought the pandemic, you know, I actually think the pandemic might have actually helped them out a little bit Mm. because I think if their first movie back after and after Far From Home and this kind of masterful after Endgame, their first movie back after Endgame was 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 Black Widow. I think it would have been a lot more downhill um, than them just. It, well, it was, but they had to take a year and a half off. Okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. Now I get what you're saying. All right. Right. So I, you know, I do think that, I do think that them having to, having to take that time away kind of helped people digest in game, hmm. made them excited for what was coming next. Because if black, because if they, if they saw black widow, like a year to the day walking out of Endgame, I think Thor might've bombed. I think Love and Thunder might have bombed. That that brings me to my next prediction. And I don't like seeing things fail with this, but I think we're due for a Marvel bomb. I, I mean, think, I think we already had it. I mean, Eternals by Marvel yeah, standards. Fucking I'm I'm waiting for the one that's like a major like shock. Like, because the more we led up to Eternals, the more we were hearing like it's really bloated, it's not that great. But like 
I'm waiting for the one that, like, as soon as, like, test screens come out, they're like, this thing's a piece of shit, and it's going to just totally fail. Like, I'm waiting for that movie. And, and, and I don't think the MCU is ever going to do that just by the virtue of them kind of having a baseline, right? Hmm. You know, it's almost like a factory. At the, it's almost like a, it's almost like the MCU is like a hostess factory, right? <laughs> the shit they make isn't, isn't healthy for you, but <laughs> it's, it's pretty consistent. Right, yeah, it's, it's one one Twinkie is going to taste worse. Some Twinkies are going to taste like the best Twinkies you've ever had. Some Twinkies are going to taste a little worse, right, than than normal. But it's it, at the end of the day, it's still a Twinkie, right? So I don't think I don't think unless Feige like unless Feige leaves and they fuck up the succession plan, I I really don't think we're going to get like this mat. I don't really think we're going to get the catastrophic. MCU failure? No, but it makes me wonder if it will happen more and more. Like it, it, it's something that I've thought about. I don't want it to happen, but like I think if Feige did leave, that would happen pretty quickly. Yeah, and and, and you know the MCU eventually it will happen. Yeah, the MCU backlash is is kind of hitting mainstream now, right? Like yeah. it's been in it's been in film bro Twitter for a while. Uh, now it's kind of hitting mainstream. Um, you know, and and I don't think it helps that a lot of the Disney Plus stuff has been uninspired. I think the two best Disney Plus series so far have been have been Loki and Miss Marvel. I have honestly Miss Marvel. I need to get to it. It it's really refreshing because Miss Marvel and Loki, I feel like, are the only two MCU shows that know their television shows. Hmm. If you know what I mean, like everything else has kind of felt like okay, like. This is like they quibified a movie. Right. You know, it's kind of like that's why the pacing has been off because it's kind of because it was meant to be a two hour thing. And then they're like, we have to make it six hours now. So they kind of took the acts and stretch each act out. And that's why that's kind of why everything has felt a little weird. Um, um, but Marvel and Miss Marvel and Loki are like, these are TV shows. They're going to be written like television shows. And I think those why those two stand above the other MCU shows. Like Carter, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think we're crazy about this MCU stuff? Are you like agree with us or? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the analogy I saw was that um, Marvel is is like a like an NBA franchise. After after winning a championship, they're starting that rebuild stage. Um, and I think that's true. Um, you put together a couple. Of, you know, you 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 try to find kind of your gems i don't know if they found that really yet though um but yeah i mean some of the some of the movies definitely have felt a little directionless um since they've come out and i know that they're they're trying to it does kind of seem like they are trying to build to secret wars uh they're trying to kind of find like after the avengers are done pretty much in the stage that everyone knows them like what do you have after that um Maybe that's X-Men. Maybe it's not. I don't really know. Um, and I'm hoping that they don't, like, as far as build up for, like, the next big thing being Secret Wars, I really hope they don't rush it. Because really, like, <laughs> really, like... <laughs> it's probably going to be rushed. Oh, God, I hope they don't. Because, you know, I, I I have big expectations and big hopes that Secret Wars is, is incredible. But, I mean, it's going to be... 
It's uh, if if they announce it in the next like three to four years, it's I think it's definitely going to be rushed. So I, I I worry about that a little bit. Um, you know, it's I think that they're currently not on that linear track right now. I guess for the most part, um, maybe they are. You know, I just it just feels like they're not really sure what direction they're going. Um, but I trust Feige. I honestly, I really do. Um, yeah. I think he I think he knows what he's doing. So. I think eventually they'll find some kind of, of, of direction. And then, I mean, also like when it comes to like, if we see a big time actual like Marvel bomb, is it possible that it's black Panther too? Because I know a lot of people mm. like, didn't really love like no. with the first black Panther. I know people didn't love the movie, um, but it had like that cultural aspect that people loved about it. Um, you, you had, Afri- you had a lot more uh, representation of, you know, black people, African-Americans, like, yeah. That was just a monster. Yeah. And like, I don't know if it'll have, I don't know if Black Panther 2 will have that fanfare. So like people will just see it like as a movie. Hmm. Um, and if I the th- first one is, you know, was, was, I like the first one a lot, honestly. Like I, I enjoyed Black Panther quite a bit. Um, but if, you know, I don't know how much Chadwick Boseman is in it. Um, I don't know like what the reshoots look like. So it, it, I feel like it could end up being a mess. He, he died before they even started. Okay. Yeah. Yikes. He's, he's going to be alluded to in the movie, but like, I, I think it's going to be a hit because you have a community who's not, you know, it's, you know, a lot of races and, and seg- segments of this country and this world aren't represented in Marvel and they're getting better, you know, with Shang-Chi and all that, like that's a start and Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think people are going to go to the theater, especially with Chadwick Boseman dying. I think they're going to want to see how Black Panther is handled um, with the legacy that he leaves behind. That's what I'm curious but, I mean, you, you do have a good point, though. You do. Yeah. And, and, and you know, um, I think there is going to be a bit of a I think there is going to be a bit of a morbid curiosity, too, mm-hmm. about about what happens. Um, you know, I trust Ryan Coogler. Um, honestly. They asked Chadwick Boseman if he was going to be playing Black Panther in 10 years. And it was very clear. It was like right before um, it was like while he was battling cancer, like after we found out that he had been battling cancer for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically said, I hope they recast me. I want to be recast. That's so I, man. I, you know, I do think, I do think his intention was for. T'Challa to be recast. I, I don't know who you recast him with, honestly. Um, it's just, it's so, it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think Wakanda Forever is going to be the bomb. I really don't. I, think I don't think it's going to be a success like Black Panther 1. No, it's not going to be, it's not going to be Black Panther. Um, I, I do think they're kind of what turning Wakanda for, I think they're turning Black Panther 2 into kind of the, um, I think Wakanda Forever is going to be the pivot. I think we're going to get a lot of important shit in Wakanda Forever. Yep. Um, I think we're going to get Namor. Um, there are obvious rumors that Doom's going to be in, that, that Doom's going to show up in the stinger. Yeah, don't, um, if, if you want to avoid Marvel spoilers, don't look at the trending Twitter today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. But you know, it, that's just kind of um, that's kind of how it is. And I think going forward, I think Marvel Studios and I know you guys haven't watched Miss Marvel yet, but I, I do think Marvel Studios would be smart to anchor the future around Amon Vellani because I think she 
I think she's a legitimate superstar. We we need we need a youth movement, and yeah, I love Crips Hemsworth, and he he said he'll play Thor as long as he can and as long as he's welcome to, which is awesome. But like, he shouldn't have to forever. You know what I mean? And he won't. But like, I my final thought on Thor is that because I think they're going to do one more Thor with him and, and Taika. I think it's going to be a Taika trilogy, and you're going to have you could call the movie Thor versus Hercules. You could. Um, Roy fucking Kent. Roy Kent. I still need to watch it. Um, like half the theater was like, "Holy crap!" Like when and my Thursday night showing, and I'm just like, "Ah, Ted Lasso guy." Okay, not trying to be a dick. I'm just like, okay, Ted Lasso, because I remember seeing a tweet that he was going to be in the MCU pretty soon. You um, haven't seen Ted Lasso, have you, Lucas? No, I, I watched one episode a long time ago, but I didn't continue, and I, I need to, I need to like just binge it i have like the maybe most perfect roy kent impression you've ever heard okay let's hear it carter okay <laughs> hold on so it's like imagine he like sees thor and thor's like fucking around or something he'd be like oi fuck you doing man that was pretty good. good that wasn't that very good. good that wasn't actually that good but like i can actually do it for real i was on it's a spot. little more it's a little more it's a little more australian it's a little more billy butcher than uh it is. than roy kent but you know, I, I see I see where you're going. You I was on the spot. Doing. It's really good. I, I promise. Um, before we wrap up, I just I'm starting to wonder now. Like I said, we're gonna get the Hatman's gonna announce. I think the next five six years of films in the next couple months. Maybe maybe that timeline's shorter. But I I'm believe there's D23 this year. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know if they're gonna do that or at Comic Con. They they um, want they they've said that some some shit's gonna happen uh next week next week it's next it's next saturday or sunday comic-con is next week yes yeah god damn this year has been flying by i know holy shit Um, i'm gonna check for sure but like i know they said that marvel studios wants to like quote unquote take hall h back by storm because obviously it's been three years since they did it because i think 2019 was the year we got the love and thunder announcement with um the announced yeah, they announced everything up to this. And they point. announced Blade with Mahershala Ali coming out, um, which is still baller that he just called Kevin Feige and said, "Hey, I want to be Blade." And Feige's like, "Yeah, cool, easy." Yes. <laughs> they didn't yeah. even. They didn't have a. They didn't even have a writer. They didn't no. even have a fucking. That's awesome. Writer. Feige's like, "Yeah, I don't That's have anything such a power. together, but." That's such a power play by Mahershala Ali that was like, "Hey, I want to play Blade." He just won his second Oscar like four months early, and he just calls up Feige, "Hey." Blade and he's Blade and Feige just says sounds good. We'll talk later. <laughs> um, but I I I'm curious to see if there's a couple because you know they do like those unannounced or untitled Marvel movie for like a certain day. I'm starting to wonder if that might be an X Men movie or if they're going to try to wait for Secret Wars to end and then the X Men restart the MCU. I would imagine. I would imagine Comic-Con, we're going to get a trailer for Loki season two. And Black Panther. I would imagine a, I would imagine a Black Panther trailer, um, Loki season two trailer, uh, season two announcement for Miss Marvel, because I don't think it's been officially renewed for a second season. I would imagine their announcement for season two. Uh, I would imagine, I wouldn't imagine X-Men. I would, uh, I wouldn't, I would say expect a fantastic forecast announcement. Oh, yes, please. Um, so I think it's I would, happening. I would say that. Um, and 
you know, maybe, maybe we get some, maybe we get some first looks at Blade. Yeah, because that's just about to film. Yeah, I think Deadpool's coming sooner or later. And I want Deadpool, not, man. That's not a spoiler. I don't know anything. I think we're going to see him before the end of the year. I think, and Deadpool I would expect, I would expect an official announcement of of the of the Daredevil series. Yeah, um, whether that's whether that's the season, whether that's season four of the Netflix show, or they or they rework it, or they rework it. I would imagine some kind of. Some kind of, I would imagine also the next phase of MCU shows. So season two of Miss Marvel, season two oh. of Loki. Yeah, like I, I think, I kind of think we're going to get a Fantastic Four release date at Comic Con, and maybe like the Fantastic Four are the cast is announced for those four, but then I bet we'll get like Doctor Doom later on. Like may, maybe they'll be like, we'll tease you. Like we have Doctor Doom cast, we're just gonna wait. I would imagine they wouldn't announce Doom until he shows up in the Stinger for Wakanda Forever. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it's if we're just gonna say it. If you you know, it's a leak. We talk Marvel shit all the time. It's not confirmed, but many sources are pointing that he is in the end of Wakanda Forever. Um, and there's rumors that it might not. It's gonna be like you don't see who the actor is. It might be like an unspoken role. So it might be a thing where Doom isn't cast yet, but I have a feeling that Dr. Doom is cast. I, I think that's too important of a role to not have ready to go with the other Fantastic Four. If it's if the role is Giancarlo Esposito, I would imagine they would go chalk. Oh. I would imagine they would go chalk with the other, with the Fantastic Four. I would imagine Krasinski is going to return as Reed. I would imagine Bryce Dallas Howard is Sue. Um, oh, if it's, if it's Giancarlo, I'm gonna shit my pants. I'm gonna be so happy. He is my favorite. He is my favorite actor right now. Oh my now. god, be very close be... to being all time. He is or phenomenal in everything. Professor X, that would be sick too. I would love that. I would love. I would love him as. You'd be an incredible, X. Professor X. Oh, he would. Um, be incredible at everything. Because just like Reed, oh. some of the best X Men stories is when Charles is kind of a dick. And is like actively putting the team in danger. So you know, I, I do think you kind of need that little. I do think you need that edge. Uh, you need that edge to to Charles. Um, you know, just like you need that edge to read. That's why I'm not a big fan of the Krasinski casting because I don't think he has that edge. I think Glenn Howerton has that edge. Um, what? That's so bad. <laughs> oh, if he's cast as Reed Richards, I will do. I will literally Larry David faint. Yeah, I like, do think you know. I, oh my god, <laughs> Len Howerton definitely has that edge. I don't think Krasinski has that edge because the best, the best Fantastic Four run is basically when Reed goes full heel and just tries to destroy the universe. You know, you know, another Reed Richards that I wouldn't mind would be Bill Hader. That would be good too. I wouldn't mind him. I feel yeah. like in recent years, especially with Barry, which I still haven't seen, but I think like, I gotta, the, I like his range has like expanded, so he could definitely be Reed Richards. Oh my god, the the, the finale of season three of Barry is fucking I, I gotta unbelievable. Watch it. Um, unbelievable. But before we go, um, I do remember John Carl Esposito has met with Marvel. That is not like um, confirmed, but all the the Twitter accounts that I follow, who like when they all connect on something. I think that's like a pretty good indicator that, yeah, it, it happened. And Taron Egerton has come out and said he met with Marvel. And I am going to say he's Wolverine. I, I, 
I think he's going to be Wolverine. It, it, it lines up when he's like, he's like, oh yeah, you know, we talked about me playing Wolverine. If I get offered the role, I'll play it. He's pulling a fucking Andrew Garfield. I think he's Wolverine. We might not know it this year. I, I, I really feel like he will be Wolverine. I want the, God, I want the X-Men at, at Comic-Con so bad. I, I think we're going to get dead. I think you're right, Carter. I think the big, I think the big things are going to be, are going to be Wakanda Forever trailer um, announcements for Loki season two, Miss Marvel season two. Maybe we get a Loki season two trailer even. They, they just started shooting. So it might be like a little sizzle reel or something. Yeah. Um, you know, a Loki season two trailer, um, maybe a Miss Marvel season two announcement. Um, I'm just trying to find the Marvel panel real quick, see when it's happening. I would imagine the I would imagine the Fantastic Four gets cast, and yeah, I would imagine Deadpool too, because oh, if they just if they do a fully formed Fantastic Four with um, with Patrick and Valeria Richards, they're technically mutants. So that's how that's how you can bring mutants into the MCU. I thought it was going to be with Wanda, uh, but it might be with with Patrick and Valeria. Right to the to the point about the Daredevil like series. I heard, I saw a rumor um, that like Echo is going to be about like dare, like a dare. There's going to be like a Daredevil plot they, line. They spotted Charlie uh, Cox and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio on set. Isn't like Charlie Cox like officially cast in? Yes. In Echo. Yeah, they brought him. Yeah, they brought him back. And I heard that it's going to be. And I heard that it's going to be like he's going to end up with. He's going to end up like meeting up with Jessica Jones and like the other he's, defenders. He's the funny thing is, it's like nobody's going to be watching Echo for Echo. Um, yeah, I can't, I don't know what day the, the Marvel movie panel is, but I'm pretty sure it's Sunday. Also, it is kind of funny to have the blind guy go up against the deaf girl. It's messed up. It's messed up. Marvel. Uh, damn it. I can't figure out what day the Marvel panel is. This is stupid, but I'm, I'm betting it's either Saturday in primetime or Sunday. It, I think it was Saturday last time in 2019. Yeah. It was Saturday oh, night. What will be blowing up? But because I remember pre gaming watching it, <laughs> yeah, to the bars. Yeah, it was my birthday last year. That the last time it was awesome. That was a good present for me. When's your birthday? The twentieth, week from today. Well, that's right. Yeah, we're we're July birthday boys. I'm on the thirtieth. Um, all right. I think that was a good pod. Nice beefy one. Um, we'll see if we have to come back next week. I don't know. Might just take the week off. Honestly, we should only come back next week if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten. Yeah, or mm. if we get like some crazy commit. Yeah. Um, something worthy of a full pod. But um, great, great show. Uh, good to have everyone back. And uh, we'll probably see you in two weeks. Uh, fellas, go green. Go white. Go white.